I'd like to begin tonight by apologizing in advance for ruining your day. Stick with me past the show open and things will get better, I promise. But first, this. That's Madonna. Uh, let's watch it one more time. So the internet is apparently blowing up because this was apparently Madonna's way of coming out of the closet as gay. Because we've never seen any signs of that before. Never, I mean, just straight as an arrow, that Madonna. Totally. Uh, anyway, there's nothing I want to think about less than Madonna's sexuality, so I will not. Instead, can we please talk about what's going on with Madonna's face in this, in this video? What? Now, I'm in no position to be criticizing anyone over their looks, but like, She's evolved from like pop star of the 80s to Marilyn Manson in the dope show era. Like they look, there is a real, that's really similar. Which one's which? I can't even tell. Um, if you have money and passion for plastic surgery, I guess you just go for it. I mean, it's a free country. But also like, this is what happens to your tattoos when they turn 80. It's the same thing. It's like they looked great 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, whatever it was. But now it's just sad and wrinkly, and your parents are still disappointed, even if they're dead. Uh, this is what a life lived craving attention leads to. And I will say this, there, we have a real massive problem right around the corner because one day, every single social media influencer is going to be a version of Madonna at like 75 years old. This is gonna be terrifying for our country, which is why I, of course, will be confiscating and burning my children's phones as soon as I get home tonight. Actually, they don't even have phones. I, I would not allow When they're 50, they can get one. That's when they can get a phone. Uh, look, Madonna, I know you're not, you're not a virgin, not like a virgin, definitely not near a virgin anymore. And you are a material girl living in a material world, of course, but allow this papa to preach for just one moment. You used to be a beautiful stranger, but now you're more of an antichrist superstar. And there's a weird thing. I, uh, we have more on people in complete denial in just a minute. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. To subscribe to Blaze TV, use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, click like on this video right this second. In a moment, I give Glenn Beck a few minutes of this show since I'll be taking over his show later. The best part of his special tonight. You're looking at it right now. John Fetterman continues to frighten whenever he makes an appearance, but we start by doing Biden's denial. Did you know Joe Biden did an interview? This is a rare thing. He doesn't do it very often. He decided to do it in an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper. And there's a lot of interesting things that came out of it, I, I, I thought. Mainly the fact that Joe Biden is just absolutely in denial. I, I can't, there's no other way to look at this. And I think maybe he has to feel this way. He has to go down this road because what else would he do with his life if he had to recognize how bad his presidency was going or how bad things were going with his son? I mean, there was a clip in here. I'm not even going to play it for you. It's just a quick denial of him think, thinking Hunter is having any problems. Oh, he's fine. He's turned it around. He's kicked those demons out and now he's doing great. Is he? Is he? I'm a tad skeptical on that one. But let me give you this. This is uh, just Tapper asking Biden about, you know, how old he is. What's your message to Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job? Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. Mm. Name me a president in recent history who's gotten as much done as I have in the first two years. 
Not a joke. You may not like what I got done, mm. but the vast majority of the American people do like what I got done. Do they? And so I just, it's, it's a matter of, can you do the job? And I believe I can do the job. I've been able to do the job. I've gotten more done. I got the inflation reduction. I got all these pieces of legislation passed. I just don't even understand this. Name the president who got as much done in his first couple of years. I mean, getting things done is not a measure of success. Jeffrey Dahmer got a lot of stuff done. Was that something to brag about? You know, the idea that you got some legislation passed means nothing when the stuff isn't working. It's not doing anything for anyone other than hurting the American people. So you can't brag about your legislative achievements when your legislative achievements have, have led to the inflation that everybody's complaining about. It is just, it's, it's incredible. And there's this idea that, that Biden wants you, and he, he repeats this all the time, just watch me, just watch me. If you, think, if you think I can't do the job, watch me. Look at the results. Look at what I've done. Well, he says the American people th- like his policies. Well, why does he have a 39% approval rating then? If they liked his policies, it wouldn't just be hardcore Democrats who are sticking by him. He'd have a lot of independents instead of 23% independent support. This is not going well. People don't like his plans. And people are watching him. That's the problem. The problem is that people are looking at what he's doing. You kind of wish they would just get into denial. And, and you kind of had this going on when Donald Trump was the opposition, right? No one cared if Joe Biden was doing anything or not. It was just, do you like Trump? Or do you not like Trump? The whole election was about Trump. Well, now it's a lot more about Joe Biden. They're trying to make it about Trump, even though he's not on the ballot. But this is what they're going for here. And I just think he's deep, deep, deep in denial. So he wants us to watch him. He wants us to watch him and see how he's doing. Let's take him up on that offer. Let's watch him trying to talk about the whole situation with Russia. You recently said that this is the first time since the Cuban Missile Crisis that there's a legitimate possibility of someone using a nuclear weapon, which could lead to Armageddon. That's the word you used. Um, How realistic is it, do you think, that Putin would use a tactical nuclear weapon? Well, I, I don't think he will, but I think it's irresponsible for him to talk about it. The idea that a world leader of one of the largest nuclear powers in the world says he may use a tactical nuclear weapon in Ukraine, and the whole point I was making was it could lead to just a horrible outcome. And uh, not because anybody intends to turn it into a world war or anything, but it just once you use a nuclear weapon, the mistakes that can be made, the miscalculations, who knows what would happen. What kind of weird vision does this guy have of Vladimir Putin? Uh, I don't think he'd want to turn it into a world war or anything. Uh, if he drops a nuclear weapon, though, that could escalate. Yeah, I think if he drops nuclear weapons, he probably is pretty much thinking about world war. Can we, can we step back and understand this? And beyond, beyond all of this, Biden starts his answer by saying he thinks it's irresponsible for him to be talking about it. Yet the question is about Joe Biden and him, Joe Biden, talking about nuclear Armageddon. So if it's irresponsible for Vladimir Putin to be talking about nuclear Armageddon, it's probably irresponsible for Joe Biden to be talking about nuclear Armageddon. But shockingly, that did not enter into his train of thought at all. Uh, The question about Vladimir Putin being a rational actor. Is this a guy who is going crazy, he's off the deep end, or is this someone who's acting rationally? And just the clarity behind Joe Biden's remark is really, really powerful. Do you think Putin is a rational actor? 
I think he is a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. Mm -hmm. okay. he, I think he thought, uh, you, may, you may recall, I pointed out that they were going to invade, that all those 100,000 or more troops there, and no one believed that he was going to invade Ukraine. You listen to what he says. If you listen to the speech he made after when that decision was being made, he talked about uh, the whole idea of he was needed to be the leader of Russia that united all the Russian speakers. I mean, it just I, I just think it's irrational. I think he's a rational actor. I just think it's irrational. Which I guess I guess you could claim he tried to kind of back out of it and just say, OK, well, I was just talking about the speech being irrational from a rational person. Uh, I don't understand this. And, and look. The bottom line is, with the whole Russia situation, the only thing keeping us out of nuclear war, the only thing keeping us out of World War III, there's two things, actually. Number one, Vladimir Putin and his rational behavior, his restraint, and Joe Biden's competence. So if you have faith in Joe Biden's competence and or Vladimir Putin's restraint, you should be pretty confident right now that we're all going to be A-OK. -okay. If not, we're screwed. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, now, there was one thing on the mind of Joe Biden when it came to Russia. The most important thing I think we can talk about right now when it comes to Russian relations, you might say, wouldn't it be great if Joe Biden could meet with Vladimir Putin, try to talk him off the ledge here a little bit, try to stop him from doing all of these things and try to smooth things out, make it make it make for a, uh, some sort of peace. And no matter how you could do it, he he will not meet with with Vladimir Putin over that, as he lays out clearly, but he will meet with him for one particular reason. Would you be willing to meet with him at the G20? Look, I have no intention of meeting with him, but uh, for example, if he came to me at the G20 and said, I want to talk about the release of Griner, I'd meet with him. I mean, it would depend, but I, 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 I can't imagine. <laughs> so we're on the verge of World War III, but we've got to protect that WNBA season. We've got to make sure that Brittany Griner is here to play those WNBA games in front of a good 650 people each night. Uh, very, very crucial. Now, of course, I've, I'm on it. You know, I, it would, I want Brittany Griner to come back, not because I care about her basketball, but because she's an American citizen and probably is getting screwed over there uh, in, in a multitude of ways through the legal system. But I will say, I, you know, I don't know. The conversation about other things might be a tad more important than one individual. I'm just going to throw that and throw that out there. Well, We've seen him act on Russia. It's worked out well so far. Sure, we've spent $60 billion, and the war does not seem to be any closer to being over. In fact, it seems to be that Russia's getting more and more desperate. They've now attacked a bunch of new cities in Ukraine, which they hadn't done in months. But this is going well. This is like the thing, the, the best thing he has to run on is Ukraine. Let's talk about uh, gas prices. Uh, he went over to Saudi Arabia to get them to stop their reduction of one million barrels per day, and they decided to stop. I, I will give them credit. They did stop the one million barrel per day reduction. They, they are going to do a two million barrel per day reduction now. But they did stop the one million barrel. It's no longer one million. It's two million. So that's good. He's, he nailed that one. Here's Tapper asking him about the relationship with Saudi Arabia. Do you think it's time for the U.S. to rethink its relationship with Saudi Arabia? Yes, and by the way, let's get straight why I went. I didn't go to one about oil. I went about making sure that we made sure that we weren't gonna walk away from the Middle East and what was going on. This is denial. Joe Biden in denial.
The reason he went over that was not to tell them. He didn't go over there to say, hey, we're not going to leave the Middle East and we're going to we're, we're going to we're not going to walk away from what's going on. That's not why he was over there. He was over there to try to buy an election with lower gas prices and to try to strong arm the Saudi government into increasing uh, their production to try to make a difference to lower gas prices further. Remember, we are at a period right now where we have the second worst gas prices of all time. And the only thing that was worse was Joe Biden a few months ago. So he doesn't want to go back to that period right before an election. So he is trying to do everything he can to buy an election. He's released all of our, our good chunk of our uh, strategic oil reserves uh, to this end. He is trying to beg Saudi Arabia. He's fist bumping uh, people he said he was going to excommunicate uh, because he wants to win this election. He's trying to buy millions of student votes with the student loan uh, debacle. He's doing all of these things. The marijuana thing is another one. And he's, oh, well, I've got an important, we're going to let people off of that. We're going to pardon people from their marijuana offenses, a po- policy he knows is popular. And so he's doing everything he can, everything he can to try to buy people and buy their votes. That's what's going on here. That's, of course, why he was there. How about the economy? Now, we have an economic situation that everyone recognizes is pretty bad. We went through two consecutive quarters of negative growth. That usually is what we would refer to as a recession. We, I mean, it was. It might, it might wind up being just that, and it's a very mild recession, but that's basically what it was. Um, of course, Joe Biden is in denial on that question as well. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now. How uh, every every six months they say this. Yeah, but every was. six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. They were right last it time. It hadn't happened yet. Yes, they had. It hadn't. It has. There, there has. There is no. No. There's no guarantee that there's going to be. Re- I don't think there will be a recession. If what? it is, it'll be a very slight recession. Oh, okay. That is, we'll move down slightly. Mm, but you, you just said that a slight recession is possible. So it, it is possible. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. Mm. And your anticipatory skills have been so valuable uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, he, and I, I will say, as a great communicator, the great communicator, Joe Biden, when he was able to clarify that when he said a very slight recession meant we'll move down slightly, I thought that was really remarkable. Uh, really added a lot of color and depth to that particular point and just incredible. Um, should, should the American people prepare for a recession? He says no. Now, what the hell kind of advice is that to people? Every American should always be prepared for a recession if it's at all possible. You don't know when they're coming. You don't know if they're around the corner or five years away. And you should be thinking this will help you with your finances. Are my kids listening to this? This will help you as you get older to be thinking and planning for down times when times are good. When the stock market's through the roof, that is a, a great time to think about how you're going to prepare to make sure next time there's a downturn, you have something to fall back on. That's what you're supposed to do. You take the, the, the acorns and you put them in the tree for when it gets cold in the winter because there's no more acorns out there. That's how this is supposed to work. Yet he's telling the American people not to prepare for a recession. It's one thing to say, I don't think a recession is coming. It's another thing to advise the American people on the, when we're on the verge of a recession, when economists all across the country are saying there's an, a, a recession coming in 2023, that's in addition to what we've already seen with two negative quarters of growth, to advise them on the edge of a potential financial cliff 
to not prepare is incredibly, incredibly irresponsible for a president to do. And why is he doing it? Well, number one, he's in denial, sort of the theme of this episode. Number two, he wants to win this election. He'd rather have the American people unprepared for a recession than to admit it's possible and lose a few votes. That's who this guy is. Joe Biden is no moderate. He is, you know, he's different than like the typical left wing ideologue. He's been all over the map. He's not like an AOC. That's not who he is. He is a real product of Washington, D.C., a guy that will do or say anything to keep his power going. If he thinks being a moderate will help him, he'll be a moderate that day. If he thinks being a liberal will help him, he'll be a liberal that day. That's what he does. That's who he is. He's like a really old Beto. It's kind of basically all this guy has been throughout his entire career, except I should clarify, he's won some races, so he's not exactly Beto. Um, Let me give you this, because this is watching this thing. You might say, "Okay, this is just really bad. And he's off. He's flying off the cuff here. He's he's getting questions he doesn't understand. He's trying to he's trying to do something. He's obviously got a bad record. He's trying to navigate his way out of this. You might say, well, what's he going to do? He's trying to recall these things off the top of his head. No, I want you to walk, watch this clip closely and just, just this will give you a, a real realization about who this guy is. We passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan. That's Joe Biden dropping his notes in the middle of the interview and Jake Tapper helpfully picking them up for him. Um, That interview, all that stuff we just talked about, that was Biden with notes. That was not him just off the top of his head. He actually brought notes to that interview. He had like guidance to do what you just saw. That's who this guy is. He is completely incapable of doing this job. That's mainly told to you by the results. It's mainly told to you by how badly things are going, by his approval rating and all these other things. But when you watch, you watch an interview like that, you realize he does not have his finger on the pulse of any of this stuff. And he's so desperate for power that whether it's honest, whether it's uh, intentional, whether it's disingenuous, he's just continuing to remain in this constant state of denial to win this election. It's embarrassing. The president should do better. And guess what? In just a few weeks, we can try to take some power away from this guy so he can't do any more harm to us. So it's bad enough that when you go to the doctor, you got to wait half a day in the lobby and then spend, you know, another long stretch of time sitting in the little uncomfortable bed waiting for something something to happen. But then to make it a thousand times worse, when the doctor actually does show up, you have to tell him that you've got, uh, you know, performance issues going on. Nobody wants to do that. It's time to change all of that. And you can do it with RexMD. RexMD makes getting generic and branded ED medication easy. Everything is online, even the prescription, and they deliver it right to your door. There are no office visits, no having to talk to a receptionist, none of that. It's super simple. Just fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website, and a doctor will review your situation and prescribe you the ED meds if it is appropriate. It's fast, it's simple, it's cheap, and you can access your U.S. licensed RexMD physician anytime that you really need after that. Go to uh, rexmd.com slash stew. Get started today with a starter pack of 
prescription or generic ED medication. All orders come with free two-day shipping. It's RexMD, the authority in men's telehealth. RexMD.com slash stew. It's RexMD.com slash stew. I am joined once again by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up tonight right after this, 9 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to stay tuned. Tonight, it's Election of Consequence, what the polls are not telling you, starring the one, the only, Stu Bergier. That's the that's what the tagline is on all the promotion tonight. And uh, I'm excited to be part of it. you on that show. (laughs) Why am I here then? I have to talk to you twice. This is way more stew than it's in my contract. That's true. Uh, No one needs this much stew, including my family. They don't need it either. Um, Tonight we're going to talk about the election. And, you know, I'm going to be breaking down some of the polls and all that. And uh, And we have, um, what's his name from, Trafalgar. Trafalgar, he's going to be there. Robert Cahaley. Yeah, Robert Cahaley is going to be there. And, And he's, I think he's got a lot to say about the hidden voter. Yeah, I'll be really interested. I mean, because Trafalgar uh, is a pollster, in case people don't know, um, does some polling for Republican firms, some independent polling. And they uh, have had results in the past that lean more friendly toward Republicans. And so people kind of dismissed them initially uh, mm-hmm. in the mainstream media. Well, then they, the, the results came out and they were like right there. And yeah. then it happened again. Uh, in uh, 2020, where they were closer than a lot of these other pollsters to the real he results. He is, uh, I think he's going to say tonight, uh, this is going to be a game-changing election. I will say, I've watched his, the, the poll results that have come out mm-hmm. of there closely. Um, and they are, again, sort of toward the right of a lot of the other pollsters. I really want them to be right. That, I do, too. I will say. I do, too. Yeah. I, I mean, they had one poll that, that had uh, Kathy Hochul in New York only up by two points. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I just, He I said even... that there's still more. Well, you'll hear it in a little while. Yeah. But there's a lot to learn from, from him and the, the polling numbers. Well, I'm interested to hear that. Yeah. Steve Dace is going to be on as well. It's be <laughs> and really, really he has quite an amazing uh, look at the polls. I'm anxious to hear you two talk yeah. because you watch these state races. And Steve is a guy who he's been involved. Uh, in he's all been this involved. Stuff, yeah. I mean, he was a political consultant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into the polls and stuff more tonight. Let me let me go. Let me go fundamentally to a question that's been bugging me. And I don't know how to handle it uh, with uh, with our audience which on radio and, and, and conservatives in general. No, no, no. Go ahead. Padawan. My little Padawan. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a big portion of the audience that is convinced that the 2020 election was stolen, yeah. right? The, you know, we know there was a lot of shady rule changes and all sorts of things that went on, and, and mm-hmm. no one knows the true extent of it. You've been talking to people about what do we do coming up to change this, and your answer has been vote, go out and vote, which is a sensible solution. But when, when so many in the audience believe their vote doesn't count, is that, is that message going to connect? I certainly hope so. Um, I, I think if this election, if this one comes out and it's a bloodbath for the Republicans, look out, <laughs> look out. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a million um, different reasons. For a million different reasons. Um, and I think the same could be said for the Democrats, because I, I think the Democrats, I mean, they, every time they lose in the last 20 years, it's always stolen. Um, and they have the muscle behind it to create havoc. Um, so, you know, we're not looking at uh, anything good unless people show up and it's in droves. 
This is not like the 2020 election. The, 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 most places, they have pulled back all of those, you know, voting boxes and, you know, you could get it. Wait a minute. Hang on. The tally is already in. Wait, he's filling out his right now. I mean, a lot of that has been um, taken back. So is, you're thinking that maybe the 2020 election was sort of a unique covid uh, bunch of weirdness. And people were passionate against Donald Trump or for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Nobody's passionate for Joe Biden. Nobody. Nobody. Do you know anybody who's passionate on the left about anybody that's running in the country? Um, See? I mean, you might think of one, but... Yeah, not many. Not, not, on, not off the top of your head. No. Um, can you think of people you're passionate about with the Republican or topics, things sure. that you know they would absolutely not do? Mm-hmm. You passionate about those things? Oh, yeah. 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 And I think that's what's going to be the key here. Now, you can find some topics, I think, on the left that they're passionate about. For example, abortion. I don't believe it. There was this narrative. The mainstream media painted it for weeks and weeks and weeks. That I don't believe it. The, narr- the abortion case got overturned. This, uh, uh, this animated Democratic voters, they're going to come to the polls and, and, and surprise everybody in November. You don't believe it. Why? Uh, because I don't believe that the average person um, is for what the Democrats are for. Um, you know, the, they've never traditionally voted for things like this. They've never it's never excited the left before. OK. Um, and uh, I, I just don't I, I just think that the people who are really raw, raw, let's celebrate our abortions. Yeah. Is a very small number. And those people might come out, but those people are going to come out anyway. Yeah, it, def- it definitely seems like that. I mean, you look at polling and it shows yeah. they're a very small slice. Um, the, the left is still trying to beat this into the ground. Is this just basically because they don't have anything else? They to don't run have on? anything else to run on. Yeah. I mean, we saw this with, with J.D. Vance, right? J.D. Vance was uh, in a debate uh, with Tim Ryan the other day, and he was asked about this, ten, this one 10-year-old child who had to, mm-hmm. or, was assaulted mm-hmm. by an illegal immigrant, as J.D. Vance correctly pointed out, had to travel across state lines. And I, I was watching that, and, and he, I thought, did a pretty good job answering the question. Mm-hmm. But I also missed all the times that Tim Ryan had to answer the equivalent question. What happens at, uh, 10 minutes before birth? What about the thousands of abortions that happen in the late term? Why, is, why are Democrats never required to answer for the most extreme case of their belief? Because they have control of most of the media and the places like the Internet where they don't have the mass control, they don't come on. So who's holding their feet to the fire? MSNBC? CNN? No. No. I I mean, when this stuff happens, every Republican has to answer for it. Mm -hmm. Now, look, there's a lot of different things to talk about on that particular case. But, like, it is the most extreme of most extreme cases. It's an outlier in every sense of the word. Yeah. um, And she didn't have to cross state lines. The doctor was wrong. Mm. She didn't have to. Uh, Why wasn't it reported immediately and why was the illegal alien here in the first place to rape her? I right. mean, it seems like it would be better instead of worrying about the abortion that happens after the rape is to stop the rape. Stop the rape. It occurs. Yeah. I, that's yeah. just... um, and I will tell you that I, I think that's why so many I've never in my lifetime seen so many people unwilling to debate. Yeah. 
And because they cannot they can't. win. Yeah. No debates. And, and even if there is a debate in the race, it's just one now. Like, yeah. wh- why? Wh- what happened to two and three debates per, per? They could argue and and, you know, smokescreen. Mm. You can't anymore. Yeah. You, you, this is the policy. You told us what the policy was. And even if I believe the hokey story that it's going to be good, here's the evidence. It's horrific. Mm. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Nope. Let me move to another race. Um, Utah. Mm. Mike Lee. We mm-hmm. both love Mike Lee. Mm-hmm. Going up against Evan McMullen, not McMuffin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this race is closer than you think. You think Utah, Mike Lee, easy win. McMullen is an independent. He's trying to communicate that he's ah, pretty Republican-y. Just, just don't worry. I'll he's be fine. Mitt Romney. I, I mean, if he was Mitt Romney, though, he might there might be an argument for him. He's not Mitt Romney. I mean, he's farther to the left than Mitt Romney. I mean, he is a, he's basically running as a Democrat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So. But he says he's not going to caucus with either side. No, I'm I'm sure he will not. Uh, So what, tell me, why is this race important? And do you think it's really in jeopardy? (sighs) Well, I will tell you that uh, I'm anchoring our election night coverage Mm -hmm. and the producers have told me that they will take me off the air <laughs> if it looks like Mike is losing. Because <laughs> right. it could be ugly. Yeah. It could yeah. be ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is really important. Uh, first of all, um, it shows the power of the press in Utah. They have taken one of the milk toasty kind of personalities and made him into a flaming radical. They've taken somebody who is red, white, and blue constitution mm-hmm. and made him into a crazy man, okay? How can you make Mike Lee into a uh, crazy person? It's they've just... done it. They've done it with enough people, okay? Um, he is not that. He is one of the, the... The problem with Mike, and the reason why so many people are ganging up on him, is he won't play the game. He won't compromise, so anyone can come to him and say, Mike, I need you to, mm-mm. he will not compromise. He was raised on the Constitution, mm. okay? Um, why this matters to the rest of the country uh, is twofold. One, he's probably the strongest on the Constitution. He should be a Supreme Court member. Um, he's probably the strongest on the Constitution in House or Senate. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, he votes constitution every time um even if sometimes he's like has to hold his nose and go I gotta, uh, uh, yeah okay. right. even sometimes he it's not like it's aligned with his political interests yeah exactly correct he'll do it anyway he'll do it anyway um but more importantly they the left does not want to debate the democratic record mm-hmm. so what they've done is they said no to running a democrat and they've put all of their muscle behind Evan McMuffler. And that's better. Yeah. <laughs> and so McMuffler is a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. You notice we have a problem with some of these agencies. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing you could have in there. So as a CIA agent, the uh, left has put all their money and their marbles into this guy. OK. And he's separate. I'm not a Democrat. I won't caucus with e- either side. I'm just right down the middle. I'm a Democrat or I'm not. I'm an independent. Yeah. 
Really? Really? His job is to take Mike Lee out, and he will caucus with the Democrat, and I bet he'd caucus with Mitch McConnell. If you can get this done against Mike Lee in Utah, that system will work, and the Democrats have a smokescreen that they can run for every election until we stop having elections. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really important one, and it's, it's incredible to watch. Uh, this is a really like a, an innovative play for the Democrats. They're it just, is, they're, and they're, they're doing it in one other state. I don't remember which one it is, but they're doing it in one other state, mm. too. Yeah, this is something they're really trying. And mm-hmm. it's also a way you can spend more money because they can spend more money on other candidates and, and make it not look like it's all going to the same person. It's, it's really underhanded, but mm-hmm. that's what I would that's, expect yeah. uh, from the left. Uh, Glenn Beck, his new special coming up tonight, starring Stu Bergier. 9 p.m. I hate that's, when they put that in there because they don't. Just, that's not. I can wow, see the teleprompter. That in the, it has nothing. Say, it doesn't say any of that. Election of consequence. What the polls are not telling you, as always, the best way to watch. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. <laughs> the promo code Stu. Uh, you're, you're welcome, Glenn. Leaving, yeah, I know. I, I see you walking away. And just, I, just I, I don't know. Oh, there I am. Yeah, no, you're you're in the there, shot. There, there you go. Yeah. Where the camera is. Yeah, thank you for that. Okay. And uh, you can just go ahead and you just do you know whatever it is uh, you do. Okay, make sure to watch on BlazeTV.com/slash, you know, yeah, Stu. The teleprompter says right there. Yep, I know you're looking. You're standing in front of it. We'll see you in a second. Buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do other than an interview Glenn Beck. And uh, it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Uh, Glenn, of course, started realestateagentsitrust.com years ago to make sure there's a way for you to find the best agent in your area. And not only in your area, but if you're moving across the country, there have been a few people, I don't know if you've noticed this, that have moved from, let's say, the Northeast or California to places like Florida and Texas And when they've made that move, they don't know anybody there. They're making that move to just try to improve their lives. They don't know anybody in the area. So they go to realestateagentsitrust.com. They get the best agent in the new area they're going to, and they wind up winning their transactions. Uh, It's a big deal. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Give them some basic info. They'll get in touch with you and set up you with the best agent in your town. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm going to be doing that uh, election special with Glenn Beck, Steve Dace, and more coming up here in just a little while on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. You can save 10 bucks if you use the promo code stew. Now, one thing I want to tell you about the vote is coming up. It's important. It's an important election. You've got to rock the vote. Make sure you rock it. Don't just vote. Rock the vote. Actually, don't rock the vote. Don't, you know, rocking the vote is overrated because rocking the vote means, you know, this is what MTV did to a bunch of teenagers. They said, hey, go out there and rock the vote. Your vote is important. You know, sure, uh, you can vote if you want, but maybe you should do something before you vote. And I'm just going to throw this out there. It's called um, learning something about something. Learn, then vote. The order is important, boys and girls. Learn, then vote. Vote. Go to learnthenvote.com. You can get the uh, Learn Then Vote, the Order is Important t-shirt. You can wear it to the polls, and you can put it in the face of all your liberal idiot friends that are canceling out your vote. Learnthenvote.com. The code is STU10. You'll save 10%.
almost one out of every five Americans never have a chance to live outside the womb because of abortion. It's the leading cause of infant death in the world. Over 63 million babies have been aborted just since Roe versus Wade was enacted. And a lot more will be aborted in its wake. We did a segment about uh, abortion yesterday, kind of trying to get people caught up to the situation where we are. And if we talked to Ryan T. Anderson and, you know, he, he just wrote a book and it's a it's a really good time for this because we had this idea that, oh, well, overturning Roe versus Wade, there's this long battle, a 50 year battle to do it. And we cross the finish line. Yay. Not really. I mean, you're seeing where we are right now. You have to continue to convince people, to persuade people to try to see the side of life. Now, the Ministry of Preborn and Blaze Media have been doing that for a while. They're partnering up to help rescue 50,000 babies from abortion in 2022. They're working to put Planned Parenthood out of business, offering free ultrasounds to expecting mothers. And 80% of the time, hearing the baby's heartbeat is enough to convince the mother to keep the baby. And when she chooses life, Preborn provides maternity and baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, much more free of charge. All the things the left is always saying, oh, you got to do that. If you're not going to, if you're going to take abortion away, you need to help the mother afterwards. Yeah, that's what Preborn does. Preborn is a great organization. They've saved over 188,000 babies so far. Will you help rescue babies' lives as well? You can donate, dial pound 250, use the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and use the keyword baby. Or you can go to their website, preborn.com slash stew, preborn.com slash stew. I'll tell you that in those exchanges beforehand, without the captioning, before that technology was up and running, it wasn't clear that he was understanding our conversations. And, and you can imagine that the challenge that uh, might pose for a candidate on the campaign trail talking uh, to voters. But again, something he can recover from. But it certainly seemed as though he, he was having a hard time with those conversations before the closed captioning. So mm, that's uh, NBC News reporter Dasha Burns. And she's uh, pointing out what everyone, of course, already knows, which is John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania Senate candidate and the current lieutenant governor, can't understand speech right now, can't seem to function, can't seem to speak himself. Went on to say that uh, he had some uh, some problems, some challenges with speech, uh, and he says he's going to get better. So that's good. Just I mean, like, just let's let's roll the dice. Right. I mean, he, he says he's going to get better. Probably work out pretty well. Democrats have a lot of really good candidates uh, going right now. A lot of good politicians in office as well. Um, there's an off- there's a, uh, a a city council president in Los Angeles got uh, got in trouble a little bit by uh, making some racist comments. Now she's Latino, and she uh, said this about uh, I guess a bl- uh, a black child of another councilman who is white and said some nasty things about the child. Uh, this, this audio was leaked. She initially stepped down from her leadership uh, position. She's now, uh, I believe, stepped down completely. Uh, here is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to weave her magic when it comes to this particular scandal, which again involves Democrats. Look, the president is glad to see that one of the participants in that conversation has resigned, uh, but they all should. He believes that they all should resign. The language that was used and tolerated during that conversation was unacceptable, and it was appalling. Uh, They should all step down. And here's the difference between Democrats and and MAGA Republicans. When a Democrat says something racist or anti-Semitic, we would, we, we hold them, we hold Democrats accountable. When a MAGA Republican says something uh, racist or anti-Semitic, they are embraced 
by cheering crowds and become celebrated and sought after endorsements. You caught the governor of Virginia in blackface and you left him in office. You literally, he was in blackface and pictures and photographs and you didn't make him leave. You don't hold them accountable at all. And why on earth would Corinne Jean-Pierre, of all things, need to read every single word of that response? She, here she is, an African-American woman who you'd think would be offended by this behavior by Democrats, that maybe she could just express some part of herself, say, hey, I'm pissed off about this. I'm sick of this stuff happening, and I hate when Democrats do it. It just holds some of the blame. No, she can't even get through that, which she theoretically should understand really genuinely. She can't even do that without reading every single word. She is horrible, absolutely horrible. Now, I don't know if she got to comment on this, but we did want to make you aware for your children as they go through public school that when your child that was born a son is turning into a daughter, when they get to be 18, they still have to register for Secret Service. Not Secret Service, uh, Selective Service. Uh, that is, uh, the Selective Service system called attention to the matter in a recent Twitter post that says, Parents, if your son is an only son and the last male in your family to carry the family name, he is still required to register with SSS. Also, who else needs to register? U.S. citizens or immigrants who are born male and change their gender to female are still required to register. Why? We told it was all, you know, science. You remember? They switched their gender. It's only males that have to do this. Why would a male, someone who was born a male, that transitioned to a female, why would they need to register? Why, what could it possibly be? Could it be that they also know that it's still a guy? Could it be that? Could it possibly be that everybody, everybody who talks about this stuff knows what's actually going on and is denying it? Could it be that? I don't know. It's a tough one. We'll have to dig real deep and get to the bottom of it. This Alex Jones thing is really spun out of control. Now, he had to pay a, he had a $50 million fine when he lost his case in Texas. And he's not going to have to pay all $50 million because of the Texas laws, but he had other cases that were there. And one of the issues here is that he didn't actually turn over the material they wanted. He didn't really, like, fight these cases, so he got default judgments against him. And so he basically, automatic losses, they're just trying to figure out how much money he has to pay. Well, they went up to Connecticut... <laughs> And you know there's a difference between the Connecticut and the Texas juries. They've ruled now that he has to pay $965 million. $965 million in payments. Um, now, that does not include, by the way, the punitive damages that are coming later in the same case. So God only knows how much that's going to be. And then in addition to that, he's got a whole other case with another one of the parents in Connecticut, in the same state. This is going to be a multi-billion dollar thing. Now, of course, he doesn't have that kind of money and can't pay it. I don't even know what's going on here. I mean, like, look, the guy, everybody that watched what went on in Sandy Hook, I think, knew right away it was terrible. Uh, Alex Jones said some stuff that was not accurate. But I mean, like, it, it wasn't like he built his entire company based on, on that story. I mean, the, if anything, the 9-11 story was, he said that much, much more often. Uh, I think just uh, at this point, we're making just political points here through the legal system, and that's not right.